Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast, live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Alongside me, apparently, uh, the two of the other three Musketeers. Shing! Who are you? You've got a, with the sword. Didn't they make that a movie or is that the Three Amigos? It's been a movie many, many All times. Time. It's a, it's very old. It's from like the 1600s or something. Okay. Right. Alexander Dumas? Yeah. Dumbass? All right. Wow. <laughs> that's what it's called, right? That's, that's Herb Lawrence. Say, hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectonwall23. He's our CHG. I'm not White calling Vinny a dumb. That's, if you just say his name, dumbass. <laughs> it's Duber. Dubar. <laughs> Um, it's Vinny Duber. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can read his articles up at allchgo.com. And there is, uh, look at that. Sarah's got out a graphic. Here. Sarah knows what's up. What's up, Sarah? Uh, a ball of confusion. Uh, nice, nice headline, uh, Vinny. Whenever uh, you can uh, throw a Temptations reference in there, you got to do it. It's a, it's like a little news notes. Uh, you know, a couple little headlines in there. It's, it's a, it's a nice way to get caught up on what happened this week. Well, it's more of a. You know, throughout the day yesterday and obviously throughout the entire series here that the Sox just finished against the Rangers, you know, I'm getting a lot of Twitter comments and questions about when I, you know, I'll, I'll throw a news thing out. I'll throw a, uh, oh, Pedro Grafol said this in the pregame and, and the bing, 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 why, 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 why are they doing this? Why are they doing it this way? I don't know if I can fully answer all of those questions, but I took a crack at it uh, and, and at least told you what the White Sox are thinking, uh, what I don't know what. This person is thinking, I don't know what the guy who picked up Tuki Toussaint at the airport is thinking, <laughs> taking the Kennedy in the middle of rush hour. It boggles the mind. I know it's temptations, but is it wrong of me to first think of the Sister Act 2 version of Ball of Confusion? Yes, it okay. is wrong. Right. <laughs> you lose me there. I know that quality sh- quality Whoopi Goldberg movie. is in Sister Act 1 and 2. Yep. Kathy and Jimmy, too. Who? Hmm, never mind. Okay. Uh, Lauren Hill, you've heard of her? Yeah, she's in Sister Act too. Okay, did she she showed up? Yeah, on time. Oh yes, mm-hmm. this okay. is when Lauren was down for it. Gotcha, um. singing her ass off too. It's a quality oh, movie. I you should watch it. I'm not gonna watch Sister Act. Oh. Sister Act two. <laughs> you should watch it. I'm not going to. It's good for everybody. Um, I, I am I gonna watch Sister Act two? I I've I've gotten into now submarines. Uh, I want to. James Cameron did the thing where he actually visited the Titanic, and I'm like, oh, kind of interested. So I might watch that over Sister Act Two. I'm gonna go watch Yellow Submarine, the Beatles movie. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. That's okay. a great movie. It's very weird, Sarah. It's a long one too. The it first is, time I it's watched way it, way too long. Yes. Yeah, it's like three hours or Wait, like really? three and a half. It's not three hours. They it's the length movie? of a regular movie. It's yeah. a cartoon. It's where they're all—they're all, they're all literally just like tripping in the ocean, singing their little songs from the Yellow Summer. Yeah. It's a good—it's a good movie. The Blue Meanies, yeah. The Blue Meanies. It's—it's it's weird. It's long. It's not very good, but I'd probably rather watch it again than watch this James Cameron. Business. Sarah, what year were you born in? Two thousand. Mm. Okay. All right. How long do you think the actual movie is? The, uh, Yellow Submarine? Yeah, that's, it, she, that Sarah thought was three hours. I don't think it's even an hour and a half. It's not. It's, yeah. No, it was. it's so Uh-oh. long. Uh-oh. Sean's got it. It's got it 87 right here. minutes. Yeah. 
which is under an hour okay, and a half. I have, an hour a, and a, half I have a memory <laughs> in my, no, because I watched it just watched when it I broke back my back. foot. I, you know what? I was on pain medicine during it, but I broke my foot my freshman year of college and go. I watched I watched all the Beatles movies and I, the Yellow Submarine in my head was the longest one. Yeah. Right, I mean, mind. maybe. It <laughs> might be the longest one, but yeah, it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah, I'm like going to, never mind. <laughs> Leave <laughs> me out of this. I like that. Uh, good detour, guys. Uh, let's get into our uh, Chicago White Sox, our beloved Chicago White Sox. Uh, Do we yeah. have to? Can we just talk about Yellow Submarine for another 45 minutes? Can you fill enough time? No. No. I know the song. <laughs> I can't. And that's it. We just could the, sing it, but that won't even last 45 minutes. Only the hook. That's we could all sing I know. it backwards, too, and that, that still won't fi- uh, fill 45 minutes. Um, I guess we could talk about this. Hey, we got a, a new event to let you know about uh, the CHGO Crosstown Series takeovers. We are still uh, working out all of the details, but CHGO Sports has taken over Guaranteed Rate Field and Wrigley Field for the 2023 Crosstown Series. Join uh, the CHGO White Sox and CHGO Cub crews um, on July 26th. Guaranteed rate field, 710, section 529. Uh, right behind home plate. Right behind home plate. Um, there's a pregame meetup at 530 at the Carrig Pub. And this is the one on August 16th, which is going to be at, at the south side. You said July 26th. That's the one happening on what? the north side. I am reading straight off of our... Um, beloved website. I'm so reading I the think, graphics that say it right there. Oh mercy! I'm I'm just I, this is I we gotta maybe maybe we gotta see that we said the, we hadn't gotten okay, all the details. So there's out. something that we're gonna figure out. <laughs> we're gonna let you know more about the details, but uh, stay tuned. Keep an eye <laughs> out for that. those two dates. I know that for sure. I mean, I can just tell you right now. July 26th is a home game for the White Sox. Okay. That, will so be, that makes sense why that one's on an Oak Forest. So, yeah, okay. that, that graphic needs to be switched. But, but yeah. I think maybe it's the whole, like, you know, it's the Crosstown thing. I get I get your confusion, um, but I think that's also the way that the shirts were were made. Yeah. was like that. that's the sh- way the shirt graphic was made was left oh, to right. Oh, I see. Yeah. I get, yeah. So it's just, I do get why you're confused, but it's yeah. less like that's the I Cub I get what one. you're saying, because either fan can go to either game. Yes. They just happened to put the Cubs one yeah. and the, yeah. All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, news and notes for oh, the boy. design team. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, July 26th, we'll be out uh, at Oak Forest, the Gaelic Park uh, pub. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm going to get my, my mom's, she doesn't even have her nationality card what the hell is that called green what? citizen she's not a citizen of ireland <laughs> oh, oh about her, her citizenship revoked uh I, if i feel like i'm saying the carrick wrong uh, okay. but uh 6119 uh, 147th street in oak forest uh 60452 uh, is where the meetup will be on july 26th there is a diehard page too for diehards to buy and diehards do get a discounted ticket so if you do want to become a diehard uh, head over to all chgo and level up your fandom today and uh, each ticket purchase comes with the new chgo baseball shirt uh, south side or north side and the ticket uh, price is comparable to you know uh, a normal ticket right we want to make it a, a competitive ticket uh, price you're not you're not being you know it's, it's you know you're, you're getting a good deal on the price and you're getting a shirt right and you're going so, to the cup socks which is you know a rarity. And there's a pregame meetup. Yep. So, hey. Um, it's going to be hype that day. Mercy. Uh, let's go and J- uh, Jake put in a request for that to be flipped an hour ago. 
Oh, so there you go. If that, that makes you feel better. Uh, Jake is listening. Hi, Jake. Uh, so uh, he agrees that it's confusing. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to figure it out, and we are excited to uh, have that happen on the, the 26th and then uh, later in August again when the Sox are vi- visiting Wrigley Field. Um, let's jump into the Sox here. Tim Anderson uh, missed the past four games, was in the lineup in Saturday, took two at-bats, and then we saw a play in the field where it looked like he injured his shoulder, and then Rick Hahn on Monday said he was day-to-day, and it's really been more day-to-day, today-to-day. Um, what is the expectation for Friday for the home game? Is the expectation that Tim will play? Is it like 75-25 that Tim will play? I mean, too I'm soon to tell. I'm not. Yeah, I would lean toward too soon to tell before throwing a percentage on it. And I think Pedro Grafol had the same thing in mind when he was talking about it yesterday. Um, really, they're seeing what he can do, Tim, that is before games in the, in the pregame work. Uh, you know, as of Monday, the only thing he was able to do was run. Tuesday, he took batting practice. He could hit, so they put him in as a pinch hitter late in that game on Tuesday. Um, He did not play at all yesterday, which would indicate that he is still not up to playing the field. Um, He he wasn't as of yesterday. They're going to wait and see what happens when they get to the ballpark on Friday and see if he's able to play the field that day. Um, An extra day today of of recovery, you would imagine, would push him closer to being ready to go, to being able to be in that starting lineup, but... uh, Pedro just referred to it as a possibility. So um, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say that he's uh, likely to play tomorrow, but we'll see uh, when, when the lineups come out. Did they give more color to the injury? Uh, it's a shoulder injury, and obviously he was able to pinch hit. Uh, it doesn't seem like he can play the field from, from what's been reported. Um, but and, and obviously you mentioned he can pinch run. Um, but like, it, are they saying, like, what's hindering him? Is it is it throwing? Is it just motion have they given more color or is it just kind of shoulder injury yeah just kind of a shoulder injury um you know I, I think the idea as to or part of the idea as to why he has not been put on the injured list is that he can do some of those other things and can help the White Sox if they need a pinch runner late in the game if they need a pinch hitter late in the game which they used him as on Tuesday um so not only do they not think or did they not think that this would be something that would knock him out for 10 days but they did but at in the meantime, while he is unable to start, he's at least able to contribute in some fashion. Um, you know, Pedro really downplaying the whole severity of it, even though it's been a four-game absence here, um, saying that it's, you know, has he said it's not a big deal. They didn't think at all about putting him on the IL. So um, the initial, uh, you know, I guess prognosis or whatever you want to call it, was that it wasn't something bad enough that it, it would require an IL stint at all. Now here we are, though. Five day, five full days without a start, uh, with just the one pinch hit appearance, which do was you, a ground out to do second you base. Think that maybe also in this equation is that the White Sox really don't have a lot. Uh, I think you brought it up the other day on the forty man that is available to come up for. You know, if Tim was to IL and there is nobody available, you just, I mean, we're talking about leaning Sosa just coming back from an injury and don't have a lot of other players who are middle infielders to come up and take his spot. Well, I would say that that's probably part of the reason why Jose Rodriguez is here now, Mm -hmm. because obviously Romy Gonzalez went on the IL prompting that, but it was Yohan Moncada going on the IL that brought Zach Remillard up. They would have, if, 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 if TA was you know, out of this mix right now, they would still have five infielders, Berger, Vaughn, Remillard, Andrews, and Rodriguez. So I think part of the additional reason other than 
Lenin Sosa was just coming off an injury down in the minor leagues, that Jose Rodriguez is here is they do need another infielder while Tim is unable to play, even if they're not going to put Tim uh, on, on the injured list. So I, I, I think they've kind of already answered that question. Uh, but there's nobody else behind yeah. him that is going to come up, though the further you get away from Sosa's IL stay, the, maybe the more likely it is that he would be next in line for a call-up or something like that. Yeah, and he's uh, been in Charlotte. Uh, so, I mean, right. th- it is possible that, you know, if things do go – you know, really off the rails and what they don't expect is Tim to hit the IL, but maybe things change and Tim hits the IL when Lenin Sosa is ready to get called up. Because as you mentioned uh, yesterday on the show, just Jose Rodriguez was kind of called up because the 40 man was just in a predicament uh, that way. So. Yeah. And I mean, I, I see a comment you're saying this and I've seen other people mention Hanser Alberto's name. I think you, Sean, mentioned Hanser Alberto's name the other day. Uh, Hanser Alberto is no longer on the 40-man roster. So in order to put Hanser on the big league team, somebody else has to be designated for assignment. You don't really like doing that, uh, uh, particularly when it's somebody that you could need, as you're seeing from all the injuries, uh, you know, short, shortly down the road. Right, too. And, like, I mean, that's the thing with Remillard is, you know, he'll be able to be sent back down uh, once, you know, they don't need active bodies, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that you know, uh, it's just tough to for them to move anybody just because they do need Zach Remillard in Charlotte once the major league uh, roster is back up to full strength. Um, Lenin Sosa did play yesterday, uh, or sorry, on the 20th uh, for the Charlotte Knights. Two for, two for five with an RBI. So uh, Lenin Sosa uh, has, uh, has returned to the field. So we'll see uh, if he is back with the baseball, uh, the, the, the major league club at any point soon. Um, Tim, though. We did see on that Saturday game, he finally got demoted for the first time out of the leadoff spot. Andrew Benatendi led off. Tim Anderson batted second. I felt like I thought we saw this like earlier on in in the year, but we didn't. Uh, So this was the first time that Tim hadn't been in the leadoff spot when he was healthy and in the lineup. Uh, But Benny has now been the leadoff hitter for the past, what, five games now? Is that the expectation when Tim Anderson returns, whether that be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whenever he is ready and healed up? I mean, I, I would think so because it was sort of a big deal uh, from Pedro Grafol to make that lineup switch for that Saturday game. It just so happened that Tim was out of that game relatively quickly. Um, I, I would I would think that the decision that he made Saturday would still apply to now both probably what he sees as the positives of putting Andrew Benintendi in the leadoff spot as well as the hoped for positive effects of maybe getting Tim in a uh, you know a little bit of a different look so um you know the, those guys is both those guys offensive numbers have not changed much Tim's haven't changed at all obviously because he hasn't uh, really played but um you know it would it would it would seem logical to me that that would replicate itself the next time Tim is able to be in the starting lineup Anecdotally, it seems like Andrew Benintendi's giving professional at bats, Sean, mm. at the leadoff spot, better Wolf. than what Tim has been doing in this whole year. So, yeah, I would expect the team would see what Andrew's been doing and say, okay, he's been doing very well for us, uh, uh, good enough for us from what Tim has been doing early in the season. I would say, though, like, this is not a final thing. Like, Tim can recapture his leadoff spot with good play, but. 
in the immediate future, if he comes back, I would expect him, uh, hopefully the White Sox too, to be in a lower spot than the leadoff spot. If it's two, fine, but I would like him a little bit lower in the lineup, lineup because of all the mi- multiple injuries he has. Take a little pressure off him, bat him sixth, seventh. He could still get his job done and then uh, work his way back up to the top spot if he returns to being the TA that we all love and know. I just find it weird that I think it was like June 10th or 11th we saw a quote from Pedro talking about the next 380 to 400 at bats for Tim is just going to be you know what we more expect for Tim to then see 10 days later he gets demoted. I feel like that's a little bit going away from the message that we have seen that's been consistent with Pedro is he's going to back his guys. And again, I don't know if it's really that big of a demotion because he's still in the top three. Andrew Benatendi is also one of his guys and and maybe it is performance based, but I I really, I'm I'm just trying to find like a a quote that, you know, or that that, that, uh, on uh, Pedro talking about it. Um, But I, I really, you know, it just seems like it was more shoulder related. I'm not sure. But I think also, you know, Pedro's not giving us all truth because he believes, I would just speculate here, that, you know, giving all the secrets away is not advantageous for his team and for what he needs to do for his job. So he can say that in public while in private telling Tim and the rest of the team what they actually need to know. So it's it's a vote of confidence in public, but, you know, sending him down only one spot, I think everybody, even Tim, can say, okay, it's not like I'm getting, you know, humiliated with a spot down to six, seven, or eight, like fans like myself would want them. It's just to the second spot. I could still be me, and it's not necessarily Pedro punking me, but it's Pedro doing his job, and also I still get to get the uh, majority of the bats that I would get if I was hitting number one. And this well, I think I think you're right in saying that because we've seen this from him. Pedro does not give all the time his reasoning for doing things there was the the quote over the weekend in seattle which which fired a lot of people up about his response to to batting jake burger eighth in defending his ability and his his right to bat jake wherever he wanted to he did not provide a reason for why he was doing so right and that's fine he doesn't have to it would be helpful if he did obviously jerry what <laughs> have you I talked would, to Jerry? About I have it? not talked to Jerry. No, I I I, I know I I can't. But uh, I also don't care uh, right. who bats where in the lineup. No, I, so. I know, but, but <laughs> and I don't either. But just I, I would I would want to take it far enough where you I just am, si- am sitting out in the White Sox parking lot all day, just waiting for Jerry Reinsdorf and just being like Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Why was Jake Berger batting eighth <laughs> on Sunday? Well, Sean. against the Mariners. <laughs> Thank you for stopping me. I would be, I would, if Jerry Reinsdorf knew my name. I would die i I would i would immediately like a cartoon just become as frozen as ice and just fall to the ground and shatter into a million pieces just because no he doesn't the (laughs) second half of what i was saying was that uh pedro not only does he not always share but he does usually and has shown a track record for having reasons for doing what he's doing right i mean i think uh you know and, and most of those are, are data-backed or, or, you know, match-up-backed, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, Herb, you, you brought up kind of that fan perspective, and even, you know, I, you go back to the analogy that I always use when it comes to the video game. You know, oh, you're playing the season on the video game. Someone has a, a bad two weeks. Throw them down. Who cares? What does it matter? We'll bump the other guy up. In the real world of Major League Baseball managing, mm-hmm. there's probably a little bit more thought being put into that and behind the the reasoning, the um, 
constant flux of bat the hottest hit three hitters in the top three spots means you're going to have a different lineup every day, which is another thing that everybody hates. So I, I think that uh, just because he's not sharing those reasons, it was probably very thought out to make that move with Tim and, and swapping him with Ben Benintendi. Well, and you're going to talk about best baseball video games later with Lucas Giolito. You got an exclusive interview with Lucas Giolito. We got 16 minutes of that uh, in our second segment. Uh, but, in, uh, you know, something that everyone used to hate in franchise mode was the emotions. Like, you just turn off the emotions. I don't want my guys being frustrated with me. I am the manager. I am the dictator. Uh, do, do what I say. Like, you could you always know, solve, turn that off. You could always solve that very easily because, for some reason, the video game hadn't caught on to the fact that baseball players get paid a lot of money. Oh. And so you could sign everybody on your team to, like, a five-year contract and not even really spend that much. <laughs> <laughs> just give them security. Yep. That's, that's what's going to make people yep. happy. Um, real quick, I, I do just want to add some color because uh, this is from Daryl Van Scowen. Uh, the day of out in Seattle, uh, Pedro talking about moving T.A. down. Uh, and I don't know if it's super data-backed, his reasoning. I think it helps our club. Benintendi has a high on base, team high, 347, and T.A. uses the right side of the field really, really well. The idea is for Benintendi to be on base, T.A. to use that side, us to go first to third and get the big boys up with men in scoring position and them on base. Uh, Grafal said Anderson took the news uh, on his move to the two-spot well. It's not a dictatorship. I want the guys to feel comfortable playing the game. Doesn't mean we won't do the things that they're a little bit uncomfortable, but these guys want to win whatever it takes to win baseball games. They're on board. Yeah, and I'll just add to that that, you know, Obviously, Tim wasn't playing, but when they came back to play the Rangers, there was all that talk about the, the streak of solo home runs. And he was saying, you know, in regards to that, he even brought up, oh, that's part of the reason we made the move that we did with the lineup was to get more guys on base in front of the home run hitters. So obviously, neither Benintendi nor TA have been home run hitters this year. Um, but the guys behind them, your Roberts, your burgers your alloys have Yvonne have and so they're trying to make sure that the uh the the bases are as loaded as possible for them he got one Ben and Tandy? yeah sure that's one between the two of them yeah and I'm glad that they made <laughs> the move one. you know for us fans it's like sometimes a little long and takes a little longer than we would want but I'm glad that they saw a problem they got proactive about the problem and fixed it so having been, been attending in front of Tim, I think is the right move. Well, I, 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 saw, I thought yesterday was pretty telling that, and obviously Tim wasn't in the lineup, but if Tim was in the lineup, I would have batted him leadoff against Martin Perez. I thought they should have batted Luis Robert Jr. Uh, leadoff against Martin Perez because you even saw late in that game, the last out Perez got was Andrew Benatendi, and Benatendi saw him for a fourth time. And Benintendi went 0 for 4. And we've seen before Pedro move Benintendi down to the 6th spot against lefties. So I, I don't think that Benintendi gives you the best look against lefties uh, at the top of the lineup. So I would like him to be fluid with this lineup construction because, hey, if Andrew Benintendi is going to give you the best uh, ability to get on base against a right-hander, I'm, I'm fine with that. Bat him lead off, and then, you know, maybe Tim will be able to inside out a fastball to the, the left side or to the right side, and, you know, hey, you get your first to third. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with that logic, but I wouldn't want that to be 
the lineup. You yeah. Know? Even if they want to do a thing where not even a straight platoon, just like sometimes having Clint Frazier be that leadoff guy for Andrew Benintendi. He gets on base. He has quality at bats where he can walk a decent amount of times. So I would be fine with that. He doesn't that. hit the ball. That's fine. They just need somebody on base with some speed. Luis Robert would just say, they would say, he's our power hitter. He's one of our power hitters. Why would we want all a bunch of solo shots at the top of the order? I get what you're saying. But also, you need to set the tone at the leadoff spot. And I think Luis swings too much. And also, Luis is more of a power guy that you want people on base for, for him to drive in. The, the, the thing is yes. that this is obviously a, a problem right now. There is no question, there is no debate about who the Sox leadoff should, hitter should be if Tim Anderson is playing like Tim Anderson. Right. And so, they're reacting to a problem. At the same time, this offense has been a problem all year. So offense was a problem most all, all of last year. They there are two there are a whole bunch of, you know, holes in the dam, so to speak, and you know, they're not gonna fix all of it by just flip flopping their one and their two hitter. They're gonna need production up and down the lineup to get this thing turned around. Tim Anderson remains Herb. I would say the most important hitter on this team and the fact that he isn't going right now means that that offense on a basically nightly basis is not going either. Absolutely. Um, let's get some quick updates and then we'll get into Vinny's uh, interview with uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, Liam Hendricks, uh, there was an update from Ricon on Monday. Uh, yeah, so back on Monday, basically no update, but they want the, the idea was, the hope was that they could get Liam throwing again uh, within the next week or so. So we're approaching, you know, half of a week. Uh, maybe by this time next week he'll, he'll be throwing again and they'll have a little bit more an idea of when he could be back. And then also talking about the lineup too, I mean, if, if it is a lefty on the bump, I wouldn't mind seeing Tim Anderson one and Yohan Moncada two when Yohan uh, Moncada's healthy, but uh, that question is, when is he returning? You addressed it in your uh, article today at allchgo.com. People can read that, but uh, when can people expect Moncada to maybe even start a rehab assignment or are they just going to say when he's healthy, let's put him in games? We'll see. Um, uh, another question I don't have a definitive answer for but that's only because Pedro Grafold didn't uh I mean honestly yeah. the words out of his mouth was I don't have an answer for that question <laughs> of when uh, Moncada might be back he says it's because of that back in back injury because it is a back injury uh basically he's got to show up at the park one day feeling good and he hasn't yet so he's just playing a little bit of catch right now he hasn't started swinging a bat if that you know, gives you an idea of how far off this thing might be. Pedro looked up and he says, I don't know if it's 10 days. I don't know if it's 14 days. If you want to use those numbers as gospel, which you probably shouldn't because he didn't sound too sure of himself with it. But um, there's only, what, 17 days left in the first half. So um, if you were to say, okay, he's going to be between 10 and 14 days before he's, let's say, ready for a rehab assignment, you go on a rehab assignment, that's the all-star break. So um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe the start of the second half but uh it sounds very um vague right now yeah uh dr Grafol um was correct though when he said the back is weird the back is weird yeah it's weird to look at you ever look at a back it's weird well i mean i you know the idea being look at how much this has bothered Johan all season long i mean this is something that's been bothering him since the end of spring training he started the season played a handful of games before going on the aisle and missing a ton of time early then comes back doesn't isn't really able to do much of anything from a production standpoint is 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 being you know rested kind of regularly to to make sure that he's staying well and in the end he can't even do that and he goes back on the injured list this is something that has not gone away since since the end of spring training it seems so um 
if Johan is able to play through it, good for him. Uh, if it means that the offense production is going to be the way it is, you know, I, I don't know if you can point to that because obviously this is a guy who's had struggles in the past. I don't know if you can say this one reason is why the numbers aren't good, but um, another season of Yoan playing banged up baseball pretty much the whole way through. Absolutely, and we are an important uh, benchmark here. Uh, Ross Glowed amount of likes. Uh, that means we can take our first ad break, so uh, make sure you hit that like button if you haven't yet. Uh, but we want to let you know about Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer, and especially because it's Summer Fridays. Who, uh, well, tomorrow will well, be. Well, tomorrow, yeah. right. I yeah. mean, people listening tomorrow uh, will, will be enjoying a summer Friday. They will be. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's our Friday as well. It is. Our, our Thursday is Friday, which makes no sense. But, no. Um, who made your Friday better? Who made your week better? Which Chicago athlete made your week better? Who owned the week? Of these teams? Um, I mean, the Cubs did pretty well. Cubs are killing it right now. They are. I'm not watching them, but <laughs> as always, Lucas Giolito. Every time he goes out in the bump, he makes my week. (laughs) There you go. Um, So uh, Sunnyside is all about owning the weekend, and uh, their uh, bud tenders will help you. uh, If you are new, if you are new to cannabis, uh, make sure that you get the best help and care when you step into their shop through august head to sunnyside.shop and use code chgo25 at checkout for 25 percent off your total order one use per customer that's not only for new customers anyone can use our code pick up everything you need to elevate your summer again it's summer fridays and you must be 21 plus or an illinois med card holder um and again if, if you are new to uh the cannabis game uh their bud tenders uh will help you all throughout your journey. And hey, if you're, uh, you know the ropes, they'll let you just bounce around. Exactly. Um, so a lot of people there to help you get you the right thing. Just tell them what you want, what you're looking for, and they'll get you there. Boom. Uh, and also, Shady Rays. Uh, we love our Shady Rays. Uh, Vinny puts his on. I have my Are those on. new, Sean? Uh, I, I have, I, I, we got two. Um, oh. And uh, this is my second pair because I lost the other pair in Iowa. The other pair was my, my preferred one. Gotcha. That was kind of like my everyday one. You know um, what you can do, Sean? Hmm. You can call Shady Rays. I could. They do have the lost and broken replacements. Since they were, you know, uh, a gift from Shady Rays, I feel a little weird being like, hey, I lost your gift. Um, you don't really call people and be like, hey, I lost that toaster you That's gave true. me. Can you can you send me a new one? People give uh, you a toaster? I, I think hey, I'm just going to count what, my Sean? blessings and say, thank, thank God. I, I No questions will be asked, Sean, um, when you do call them. Mercy. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frame and ex- durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Um, um, I used to just be a person that bought, bought like $5, $10 shades. Uh, the polarization of these shades, uh, the durable frames, just make sure that I'm never going to have to buy sunglasses, hopefully, ever again. Um, I, I, I think uh, they, they truly are durable. I have sat on both of my pairs because uh, I am forgetful. Uh, I have ADHD. I remember um, last so I night. Forget- you, yeah, you were almost about to ruin your pair. Not on purpose. Nope. But I was like, if you do. No questions asked. No Sean. questions asked. Uh, <laughs> even Rays. if it's on video, even if it's on a live YouTube stream. Yeah. Just, no. Um, <laughs> Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Again, I didn't, I didn't purchase these. 
That's why I feel well, technically dick. you did. Yeah, I guess. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, let's jump in to the White Sox dugout. And it... Let's first, time travel to the White Sox dugout. The first base dugout. Nope. Nope. Third base. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Come on, man. Anyway. They haven't changed it. I, I know, but I did this last time. I was you like, I, I was I was so confident that it was the first base dugout, and then I was wrong. So then I was like, I just, just stupid. Um, anyways, let's go to the third base dugout where Vinny chatted with Lucas Giolito. Uh, it's about 16 minutes in length. Uh, they talk a lot from baseball video games to Lucas's future uh, will Go back to the past and hear from Lucas and Vinny, uh, and then we'll join you and uh, discuss what they chatted about. Here is Lucas and Vinny from the third base dugout. I'm Vinny Duber, Lucas Giolito here on the south side. Uh, Lucas, thanks for the time. And uh, I'm going to start off, I know you're a big video game guy. Yeah. Your first video game console, what was it, and what was your favorite game? First favorite video game? Nintendo 64, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Okay, so you picked a console that I can relate to. Got it. You know, I, I was afraid, because you're a few years younger than me, so I was going to be like, I'm going to come in here with the N64 stuff, and he's going to be like, yeah, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Legendary console. My dad brought it home when I was like four or five years old. Um, I have fond memories of watching my dad play through Ocarina of Time. The game was so complicated, I had to use the guide. Uh, and then later on, I think when I was like in high school, I got an emulator on my computer and I went and played back all those games I played when I was like very, very young. Played through Ocarina of Time, Water Temple kicked my ass, um, but a lot of good times, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, Diddy Kong Racing, uh, a lot of good titles for that console. Yeah, so I was a Donkey Kong 64 guy myself. Oh, yeah. the, you came with the yellow cartridge, which you had to love. So. Super massive game. I know. Yeah. It took forever. Yes. There's so many collectibles. <laughs> All those platformers, man. Like, I miss They don't make those types of games anymore. Like, Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64. They're still doing it with Mario, but... Um, one, another one of my favorites was uh, Banjo-Kazooie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here, now, be careful with this one. This could cause, there are some opinions about this. What's the best baseball video game of all time? Ooh. Because if you ask me, there's one right answer, so let's see if you get it. It's hard not to say MVP Baseball 2005. He got it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one. Manny on the cover, right? Uh, yeah, Manny was 05, Pujols was 04. Yeah, yeah, 05 was the one. Um, great soundtrack, mm -hmm. uh, very good gameplay. You know, the show does a very good job nowadays of making baseball sims, but for the nostalgia purposes, 05 gets it. And then I really like the NCAA game as well. The one that came after it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. when EA Sports had the rights. My buddy would take, would would update the rosters. I mean, literally up until like two years ago, he was updating the MVP rosters. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, this year much better going for you than last year. Personally, what is, I, I know that you, you weren't pleased with last year. You wanted to make a change. What is working for you this year that wasn't working for you last year? Uh, I'm able to make adjustments right now. Um, I've only, I honestly, like how many starts deep am I? 14-ish? I feel like I've only gone out there with my best stuff like two to three times this year. Um, 
and you know I, I'm starting to feel like you know a little bit of a ramp up right now which I'm excited about but at the same time it's just being a more mature pitcher uh, feeling my body a lot better than I did last year both in like bullpens and out there in the game being able to make quick quick adjustments and then make quality pitches to get out of jams so what was that offseason work like we know that you know you have had some transformative off seasons in the past what did you focus on this off season that you're noticing now almost halfway through this season has really paid off the biggest thing was getting my body uh like physically back to like where i'm most comfortable so you know shed some of the weight that i put on last year leaned out a little bit started moving better feeling better on a day-to-day basis and then as i went into like my actual baseball work when it came to like throwing, you know, doing some plyo, plyo ball drills and, you know, kind of a whole program to get all my mechanics synced up again. Um, I just felt like my body was a little bit more free and I was able to make those adjustments. What is it like working with Ethan in the off season? You know, we've heard that, that he's kind of a, a master with the communication and giving you guys tips. What is a pitcher's off season relationship with his pitching coach like? Yeah, I mean, for me, Ethan and I have a personal relationship that goes back many years, so we're always in contact. Um, but, yeah, working with him in the offseason is great. And now that he lives in Chicago, a lot of it's, like, over FaceTime and exchanging video and things like that. But he did come out to California. Uh, I think he saw me and a few of the other guys that live in that, in that L.A. area. And, um, you know, he just wanted to take a look and see what I was working on. And he had a couple suggestions, and we implemented those and got ready for the season. What is an Ethan Katz mound visit like? Uh, chill. Generally pretty chill. Um, usually it's like, you know, just kind of resetting, uh, giving yourself or him coming out to give me a breather and then uh, refocusing, kind of putting everything in the past that just happened, refocusing on, you know, what are the next pitches that we need to make to get out of this situation. So kind of quickly going over like, hey, you know, what's the game plan for attacking this guy? But it's an open conversation between me, catcher, and Ethan. And, uh, yeah, we wrap that all up within 30 seconds or whatever amount of time until the umpire gets there. You brought it up, your personal relationship with him that stretches back. What is your best Ethan Katz story from high school? I hate him for this, but it's when he he was our pitching coach, but he also took it upon himself to be our pitcher's conditioning coach as well, which meant a lot of running, which I was not a fan of and I'm not a fan of now. And now that I'm a big leaguer, I don't have to. Um, but... He made us, I want to say it was my sophomore, junior year, uh, in like the preseason workouts, he said the goal for all you guys is to run a sub-seven-minute mile. So we all had to just get our conditioning up, and then on the day we went out to the track at our high school, and I think I finished at like six minutes, 56 seconds, and immediately collapsed to the ground. So, yeah, it's a good Ethan story, but, yeah, I'll forever... Uh, forever hate him a little bit just for that one <laughs> you bring up la you guys were just out out there you got to be in dodger stadium as a big leaguer what was that like it was really cool really really cool i grew up going there watching the dodgers play you know watching some of my favorite play i wasn't a dodger fan growing up i really wasn't a fan of any team i was a fan of the game and then as i got a little bit older i became a big fan of pitching because i knew that's what i wanted to do so going out there and 
you know, seeing the players play and, and watching some of my favorite guys over the years. Uh, the atmosphere, atmosphere there is absolutely electric. You know, you got the Hollywood feel, the great sound system and center field. So, you know, I, it, it would have been cool if I got to pitch one of the games there. It didn't work out. Uh, I'm sure I'll get the chance at some point in the future. During the ESPN broadcast, you brought up your, your memories of going to the all-you-can-eat hot dog section. Yep, right field bleachers. What was your record? Oh, man. I ate a lot more food in high school than I do now. I think over a nine-inning game, I probably I probably put down at least seven, seven, eight Dodger dogs. I mean, you you just went away from, from that whole one-inning pace. Yeah, I, that would have been too much, though. <laughs> I, I'm not try, out there trying to set records. No. <laughs> We'll, we'll stay. We'll do one more uh, LA-based question. Obviously, uh, your family with the acting history. I'm not going to ask you which of their roles is your favorite. I'm going to ask you which of your roles is your favorite. It's some of the commercials, uh, the the local ads you've been doing lately. <sighs> the guaranteed rate one was fun and cool, but that was two years ago. It was getting a lot of play. I wasn't expecting it to be on like every 10 seconds, and so it kind of turned into a bit of a meme. The fans were giving me some crap for it. Obviously, my teammates were. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, a good memory. I'd say my favorite one, though, is the one I just did uh, earlier this year for uh, Darwin Furniture and Mat- Mattress. Uh, that was a really good time. Um, yeah, it was uh, kind of a fun acting experience. It kind of gave me a little bit of freedom. I got to, I got to ad-lib a little bit and kind of mess around, and I thought they turned out pretty good. Have your family given you some reviews on this on this yet? Oh yeah, I immediately like as soon as I got them, I immediately sent them to my mom, my brother. Like, hey, like, what do you think? Like, do I look good on screen? Like, how do I deliver my lines? And you know, they gave me notes and things like that. <laughs> it's been a, uh, a, a season for you guys that, that hasn't gone the way you've wanted it to so far. Um, Rick brought it up the other day when he was talking the kind of difference that we noticed from now between now and a few years ago when when it, you guys were having a lot of fun and, and that he could use the word swagger was very obvious very present there's the obvious you know no one likes to lose type situation but what do you think happened to that fun is it still in you guys and, and how can you get it back yeah it's definitely in us but it's hard to let it out when you're over 10 games below 500 and you put yourself in a hole to start the year um now right now it's it's kind of that grind mode really trying to have the highest level of attention to detail and you know all this work that we're seeing out beyond us right here pre-game getting everybody's mind right body right so that we can go out and start to put some wins together you know the division we're in we're only what four and a half games back despite our record so it really is anybody's division at this point I really think that we just need to put it together as a team start to get that momentum building and then you'll see a lot more of that fun and swagger are you seeing are you are you seeing what you want to see from the guys inside the clubhouse is the clubhouse right right now yeah yeah you know i think a lot of guys are stepping up no matter what their what their roles are you know adding a little bit more vocal leadership you know trying to make sure that we write the ship in every way possible um we're doing what we can when it comes to all that you know we all get along we're having a good time together uh, it's just the the baseball's been tough, so you know that's the one thing we got to get right. I don't know if this has gotten back to you, but on our show, you're known as LG LG Large Game Lucas Giolito. Uh, what is it about the you know that dates back to Oakland, the playoff game in Oakland? What is it about the bright lights that does it for you, for a baseball player, for any pro athlete? What is it about the biggest moments that really allows you guys to crank things up to another gear? 
Yeah, the more fans in the stands, the more hostile atmosphere, the more hostile the atmosphere or at home, the more, you know, like hyped up the atmosphere, big games. It just gets you going, man. Uh, it's hard to put into words. Like the adrenaline gets pumping, but then at the same time, you have to kind of take all that energy and really just turn it into focus on execution of each pitch. And I feel like in those big games is when I'm able to do that best. Uh, really, what I'm working on is kind of the other ones, you know, those, you know, day game in the middle of the week in Detroit or whatever it may be, like getting that same kind of energy and fire for every single start. That's, uh, you know, that's what the great ones do. Uh, we know you do a lot of work with animals, a lot of charity work in, in general. What is the latest on the uh, on the community front for you? Uh, well, just today we did Miracle League. Um, it's a fantastic event. I think it's my second or third time doing it here uh, at our stadium. You know, White Sox Charities has Miracle League come out. If you don't know what that is, um, basically it gives a big league experience to kids with um, cognitive and physical disabilities so that they, they get to come out here. It's just such a beautiful event. Uh, we have the announcer. We have a national anthem. We have the video board up. All the kids, like when they go up to bat, they chose their own walk-up walk up songs. They get to see themselves on the big board wearing the jersey. Their names are on all the jer Sox jerseys. And uh, we're just there as players to kind of facilitate the fun, um, you know, run around with the kids, laugh with them. And uh, that's one of the most rewarding experiences for me when it comes to the community side, just like seeing the smiles on those kids' faces. Because um, for us, you know, we come here every day and, and it's a privilege. We're very fortunate to be able to play this game for a living. Uh, so being able to kind of give that experience to kids that have been through some hard times, families that have been through some hard times, means the world. And the pets at home are doing well? Yeah, yeah, Louie Juice and Scallop doing great. Any antics of late? Um, same old. They, they got very strong personalities. The cats like to clash with each other. Um, Louie and, and uh, Juice, one of our cats, are they've only gotten closer over the years. They'll be cuddling and stuff. It's pretty cute. Uh, you, you mentioned in a recent interview, uh, you know, when you were asked about your future and, and trade talk and trade buzz and stuff like that, that you're, you're very, very loyal to this organization. And, you know, I think uh, for a lot of for you, it's probably an obvious question. But for people who don't haven't had your experience, why does that loyalty exist? What what when you look at that jersey makes you go that this is home for you? Yeah, I go back. I. You know, 2016 uh, is when I debuted with the Nationals, and uh, I had a few opportunities with them that year. I was thinking I was 21 or 22 years old. Didn't go well. And um, I, the Nats immediately uh, put me in a trade package along with Ronaldo and Dane Dunning, who, you know, is on the other side today. Um, and... You know, I came to the White Sox in that trade. So immediately it was like, all right, cool, fresh start. But like how welcomed I felt from the get go, like top down in the organization from, you know, the players, the coaches, the front office. It's like we want you like we you are going to be part of our future. And feeling that after what just happened the year before was immediately like, oh, wow, like this is wonderful. And then, you know, you fast forward 2018 
worst pitcher in baseball, right? Like we were talking about the commercial earlier. I mean, it's facts. And instead of probably 29 other teams, maybe a two months in would have been like, all right, like you're going down to AAA, figure it out. The White Sox literally told me, hey, it's a rebuild. You're going to be a part of our future. You're going to be a part of our future success. We know you're struggling. Get through it. You're going to be here all year. It meant the world. I mean, it was it, I'm such a lucky position to be in. I got to, you know, have a year of service time and learn from that failure. So then, you know, the next off season I got to work, and then 2019 was my breakout season, and I just felt nothing but love. So, um, like I said, very loyal to this organization. Um, yeah, it's uh, it does it does make me kind of sad thinking uh, that this could be my last year. What would it mean to you to, to have it continue and, you know, should it get that to that point next winter or something like that? What, what would that mean to you? Oh, it would mean, it would mean a lot. Uh, it would be it would be huge, you know, be able to stay with stay with this team and, and continue to try and help the younger guys and and, you know, try to find a way to, like you're saying, kind of right this ship and, and get it going. Because I know the talent we have, um, but a lot of those factors are out of my control, you know. So right now. I'm focusing on my next start. That's it. Next start, next start, next start. Take the ball, go out, give our team the best possible chance to win that game. That's all I can do. Lucas Giolito, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for being on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Yeah, Lucas, thank you so much for your time, and thank you to Vinny Duber for securing that interview, being such a – I mean, you ask such great questions. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's great. You had Jake Berger sitting in that same dugout. You had Lucas Giolito. Both were great interviews. Make sure you check out the Jake Berger one if you missed it as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Lucas's future and some of the quotes in there uh, a little bit later. Uh, Alec doesn't have to be crushed. Lucas's favorite baseball game is MVP Baseball 2005, or at Ooh. least gave the tip of the hat or a cap to it you know he understands where it all started um but anyways uh let's go to comed theater with the boys the comed energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future you know herb you're right comed offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial and public sector customers of all sizes across our beloved territory here in Northern Illinois. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. And Vinny, how does that work? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have the answer for you. That's this good. is not a Pedro Grifol doesn't know when <laughs> Yoan Moncada's back is going to be better situation. I have the answer for you. And how it works is that an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, approximately two hours, that's only about two-thirds of Yellow Submarine. With, within, <laughs> within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you, Herb, own a business, don't wait. You. I won't. This is actually only for you. 
Yeah, thank you. This is just for you, and not here's, for business. I'm owners. in the territory too. Here's here's <laughs> you are you you are in our beloved territory. Here's the, the CTA, the Chicago Transit Authority, which you should definitely take instead of sitting in traffic on the Kennedy, like the guy who picked Tuki Tusanta from the from O'Hare. <laughs> Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com/poweringbiz. Did you say? comed.com slash powering biz yes herb i did schedule it today amazing and we have some lovely set decorations on our table from foco you can check them out at foco.com it's foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items you can use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off they obviously have bobbleheads over at foco.com but they have hoodies shoes signs everything in between because they have the best sports gear around and since it's baseball season they have aloha shirts like the one that is, I mean, not like, I mean, I guess that is an Aloha shirt. That is an Aloha shirt. We, we have get one, that at Foco, not that specific that, not one. Not that one. You could get the bobbleheads there, but not the Aloha shirt, but you can get Aloha shirt. You can there. get an Aloha shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Not th- that Aloha right. shirt. Right. Uh, straw hats, polos, everything you need for the game. Uh, and again, the set decorations were lovely and donated from uh, Foco.com. So check them out at Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-preset items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Vinny, um, I thought Lucas's last quote there, or one of his last quotes about his future was was very interesting. You, you talked about how he's very, very loyal to the White Sox, but he could be sad that it could be his final year. Um, I mean, you've brought this up, Herb. This is a man that understands the professional side. Uh, of of this game so even though there is that connection I don't know if that's going to be like the main decider in his free agency if he hits that yeah I mean uh, so many things play into it and and I think that when you've got somebody that's been as part of an organization as long as Lucas has and has really grown up at least when it comes to the big league team grown up as a baseball player transformed as a baseball player under you know their leadership and under their 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 watchful eye you could say um that means something. Uh, it might not mean everything, but it means something. And obviously it means something to Lucas. So he's a smart guy. He's a guy who knows and is interested in the business side of baseball. And we always say these guys should be allowed to go out and get as much money as they can, whether, you know, they, they, they are under no obligation to take a cut, you know, to, to please a fan base. Um, and so it's on either this organization or any of the other 29 organizations to show that they have an appreciation for Lucas and his uh, uh, ability and what he can provide to a team and, and a city that he feels toward the White Sox for what they were able to do for him. If there is a match there and everything everything has to match up, right, then it sounds like he would be happy to continue his time on the south side. But like I said, there's a lot of things that need to um, line up there. And uh, certainly if if they are interested in keeping or in, in employing him again, we'll say they will not be the only team that will have that interest, I would imagine. And I think Lucas, uh, for his part, has probably the advantage of pitching well this year and also the White Sox not having a lot of starting pitching options currently either on the team or in the minor league system. So he has uh, the advantage there uh, when it comes to negotiations. But I would say, yeah, Lucas needs to go out and see what his worth is and his value is. And if some people say, you know, once you find happiness, don't run away from it. If he's found happiness here with the White Sox and he wants to repay their loyalty to him back from 2017, 
God bless. But I also, I always like players to, sorry, I split a little bit, players to get their actual market value. If he wants to get his market value and go to a place that is paying him that and also can compete, God bless. I'll miss him. But I hope the White Sox at minimum offer him a qualifying offer because I think he'll be paid in somewhere in that range for uh, multiple years. Unless, as Armando says, he thinks that uh, G will be gone by the trade deadline. If he is gone by the trade, de- trade deadline, can't give him the qualifying offer. No, cannot. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Geo starts tomorrow. Uh, Brian Bayo, I think is how you say the uh, the name for the st- uh, starter for the uh, Red Sox tomorrow, uh, will be on the bump against Giolito. That one's at 710. Uh, then at 310, uh, Marco's wondering if uh, any of us will be uh, at the ballpark on Saturday. Uh, for Lynn versus James Paxson, Vinny will be. And then uh, on Sunday, TBD for the Sox and Cutter Crawford uh, on the bump for the Red Sox. He, he is. Um, what do we expect from Gio? Obviously, Lance Lynn just had 16 strikeouts. I don't think he'll have 16 strikeouts. I think he'll have a worse performance than he did last time on the bump. I'll I'll be bold. Uh, But Gio, I I mean, it has been a good season. But even in that interview, he said he's only had his good stuff about two or three times. But he feels more in tune with his body this year. So really, it doesn't have to have the stuff. It's more about understanding the mechanics and how to be that pitcher each and every time. Hey, we talk about it all the time, Herb. Pitcher instead of a thrower, right? And Correct. I mean, when you learn how to do your job, you don't need to have all that raw stuff to go along with it. I mean, you look back, you know, at what what guys like Greg Maddox and all that that all that uh, era of pitchers could do um, without the the blazing fastball and the like. Uh, Obviously, that kind of stuff is nice to have. But Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Giolito has learned how to pitch, learned how to be a very good Major League Baseball pitcher. So um, I I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be the expectation every time out for him to have a very solid game that puts his team in a chance to win. And I think the atmosphere will be of a big game because the Boston Red Sox draw a crowd from local Red Sox fans that is that uh, that uh, audience. Every time I go to both Sox, White Sox, it's contentious. There's some people yelling there's some fights in the stands it's a more of a packed stadium than it is not and it's going to be a friday beautiful weather tomorrow so i expect lucas to get the atmosphere and get feed off of what is going on on the in the crowd and bring his uh, large game lucas giolito uh, status to Friday night's game. I like that you brought that up to him too. Um, he didn't. He didn't seem to, you know, give it a, an endorsement either he way. Was, he was writing that down. I'm yeah, telling I you, he's going to so. trademark that. <laughs> I hope he does. Like I'm LG, LG. Hey, let's go. Uh, I, I did find that 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 quote interesting too about uh, the atmosphere uh, helping him. I mean, it's not too shocking. Again, you know, would you rather play in front of a quiet ballpark or not? Um, and I think you even saw, you know, the A's players too feel that energy when. They did the reverse boycott and filled the stadium. Uh, well, and, and I mean, I just think back to, to 2020 when there were no fans in the stands, right? The following year when the White Sox won the division and went to the playoffs against Houston, you were hearing some comments from guys that were, well, they've been to the playoffs, but have they? You know what I mean? Yeah. They've been to the playoffs, but have they played in a playoff atmosphere? Like, it was like, as, as much as we point to that game in Oakland for being – Giolito's most terrific performance I think that that I've seen it wasn't until the following year where it was like oh okay now they're getting that experience now they're getting that taste of the playoffs so um the atmosphere means a lot to these guys uh and and usually for the better 
Yeah. And uh, we will see again what the atmosphere is like this weekend for the Sox. Red Sox usually bring out a, a fairly big crowd uh, for uh, guaranteed rate field. So uh, hopefully it's bigger than I think the 18 and 19,000. That was pretty consistent for uh, the Rangers Sox series uh, this past weekend. Uh, we do have a super chat from Ellie. Uh, hey, I heard that they're going to sell the team in two years. Is that true, Herb? I, it, I don't know. I don't okay. I don't know if it's true or not. Ellie's got, Ellie's got big sources, apparently. Yeah, hey, he heard. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was, you know, standing, at, you know, eavesdropping at a cafe or something like that. But Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. But, you know, if it is, I hope they sell it to a, a great owner. Well, I know you brought up one idea, and we'll, we'll get to it in a different off day, um, about about a certain uh, number yeah. uh, and, and a guy with a connection to Jerry Reinsdorf probably knows his cell phone number. Could probably, if, if this guy had a podcast, he could probably book Jerry Reinsdorf as a guest. Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Yeah. Do you think Michael Jordan could book Jerry Reinsdorf as a podcast guest? I don't know what the relationship is like, but Jerry Reinsdorf did pay him $30 million his last couple of years as a Chicago Bull, where he didn't have to, and you know hooked up Michael Jordan. I mean, he's the best player ever, so it was good to, that he did that, but I'm sure their working relationship still good. Michael Jordan, the owner in the MLB and NBA for a little bit, and Jerry Reinsdorf, of course, is the uh, chairman of the Bulls. So I'm sure they still talk uh, if it's just at owners' meetings for the NBA. Yucking it up. You think that after just unburdening himself of a of a pro sports team, yes. Mike's going to turn around and just buy another one. I mean, he could <laughs> probably see the, the writing on the wall. He's like, baseball, I think, is Michael Jordan's love. Like, he's good at baseball. I mean, good at basketball. Absolutely. Yeah, he's great. okay. But <laughs> baseball, like you Where's remember, he went to play minor league baseball. He wants to get back invested into his actual love of baseball. And the team, if it was available, I'm sure he would at least explore it. Got that Charlotte, got enough, that Charlotte connection. And he has yeah. enough money to, I, to do it. I, I, we'll talk about it in a different podcast. I would be more inclined to believe that he would just make like a Charlotte baseball team like just be an expansion owner start your own franchise right i don't know i don't i don't have money or just or just keep your money or just yeah yeah oh he wouldn't just just sit at home and do nothing i bet he's planning another basketball comeback right now there is uh some some like 20 year old on the bobcats or or they don't exist anymore the hornets challenged him to a one-on-one game and he's like all right that's it i'm coming back we were just i was just talking with the chgo bulls host matt peck about there's a draft pick uh brandon miller which got some off the field stuff but he said off the court stuff um that they were asking who's the GOAT to him, LeBron or Michael, and he was like, nah, nah, those people, nah. My GOAT, <laughs> his GOAT is Paul George. Amen. Paul effing George. And I said to him, it's like, Paul George's mama's GOAT isn't Paul George. My GOAT's Juwan Blair. Yeah, and if Michael Jordan heard that comment, and he happens to draft that dude, he, Michael Jordan, the day he gets into the camp, he's like, here's the ball, let's go. 60-year-old Michael Jordan's going to take on Brandon Miller and smoke that out of him. Probably. Immediately, it's like, don't you ever talk to me again. He sold the team just to not embarrass Brandon Miller. He, exactly. he learned from Kwame Brown and said, I got I to gotta pull myself back yeah, from this Don't one. you ever disrespect um, me again. Yeah, I think, I think again, Mike, Mike, again, what do you do with money? Uh, and what, have, what is Mike? Uh, Michael I hope Jordan? it doesn't go to the Submarines well, that's, part. You know, he might be. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work out for Might be folks. using DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you know. Uh, you never know. I mean, maybe he's placing wagers on uh, the NBA draft. Now that he's got some some inside knowledge. He you likes to know. do that, right? I think so. Uh, anyways, it's gonna. I've, I've got I've got one more. I've got one more thing before we go. Yes, of course. I've got to oh, give yeah. a thank you. Oh, yes. a Shout out. He's not in the chat. He's I not in the chat him. today, but I'm sure he'll hear this. Our guy Schwo. 
who is going to give us a pig, apparently. He, he, hooked, he hooked me up with a nice T-shirt Look at that. from the show that I went to a uh, couple Saturdays ago. So thank you very much. That's a that's a huge one. I very much appreciate it. That's great. And he sent a little letter with a photoshopped picture of Sean holding two pigs wearing socks hats and said, now I need to make that happen because I got, got the shirt. I, I'm far more confident in being able to get Sean pigs than I am to get those pigs to wear socks hats. <laughs> I don't know if you can get I a pig like, to wear a hat. No. I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> I have enough training with that. I'm not training. I experience with animals. If we got a pig in the office, I could get a socks hat on it for a picture. I don't think a pig wants to wear no, a hat. No, that's cruel, man. Yeah. Is that cruel? I yeah, would say, I would Pigs guess are very that, sweet animals. I would what guess a, that a pig yeah, doesn't right. want to wear a hat. I have a friend who has a pet pig. They're very sweet animals. Right. I mean, give, yeah. it, a, give it an apple and they go in tutus. be happy. People dress them in like tutus right. all the time. No, but they don't want that. They're a no. pig. You don't know what they want. They it's don't, for a yeah, picture. You, yeah, you guys don't ask them and you just put Do stuff they, on the pigs and dogs. <laughs> Do yeah. they want to be in the CHGO studios? Do they no. want to be in the West Loop no. of Chicago or in a farm? Farm. Right. So we're not going to bring a pig in here regardless. I think that's the most cruel thing rather than a hat. I'd say putting the hat on a pig unwanted would be worse than, like, bringing it to a place where it has food and water and stuff. We have food and water. Right. That's what I mean. I think the hat is worse. I think transporting it into a conference room is worse. Don't put it in the conference. Well, well, how big is the pig, I guess? A little teacup pig. Oh, that's plenty of room for it to walk around in. For a little bit. Then you got to make sure it gets more room. But, yeah. Are you a pig expert? <laughs> I can guess that a pig doesn't want to wear a hat. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm a doctor, not a pig expert. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow <laughs> Thank you, Schwo, for the shirt. Thank you, Schwo. Uh, you can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can read his brand new piece of it, allchgo.com, talking about the wacky and wild ball of confusion that is the Chicago White Sox right now. And again, make sure, uh, if you did miss it, to go back and watch the interview with Lucas Giolito. It was a fantastic one-on-one with Vinny and Lucas. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eckermall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sarah Fichter for producing this show today. And thank you to Lucas Giolito for his time with uh, sitting down with uh, Vinny Duber and for the uh, White Sox communication staff for allowing that to happen. Uh, being very nice, uh, letting Jake Berger and uh, Lucas Giolito come out of the program. Uh, very nice access to have. And uh, we'll see you guys next week, starting on Sunday, for the series wrap-up of the Red Sox and White Sox. See you then.